Welcome to Taking the Hot Seat with Abigail. I'm your host, Abigail. Thank you for joining me today. On today's podcast, we will discuss unpopular opinions. If you listen to my episodes, you know I have a segment called Caught Red-Handed. For those of you who are new, welcome, and thank you for taking your time out of your day to listen. Um, I'll explain Caught Red-Handed to you. So on Caught Red-Handed, we usually discuss headlining buzz and Twitter's thoughts on it. But today, I'm making a slight adjustment. Instead of reading um, just about bu- headlining buzz, I'm going to read unpopular opinions on Twitter. So stay tuned for that. unpopular opinions on twitter um a couple weeks ago i asked uh my followers on my main instagram account to give me questions to answer so here are the questions i got the first question i received was how was it like moving from kenya to the u.s so i want to preface this by saying i was four years old but honestly i I remember a lot i remember distinctly coming off the plane i remember oh my goodness there was a crowd of people waiting for us in the U.S., I remember my first night. I remember all the visitors that were in my grandma's apartment. Like, I remember it all. I think the one main thing for me moving from the U.S., from Kenya to the U.S., that I remember as a kid being a, being a four-year-old was um, missing home and missing family. All I'd ever really known was my, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles. And so I, I vividly remember missing them. Also, another thing was, like, learning the american english i had already like started learning english because i'd already started going to school at a pretty young age and i was a fast learner i still am a first fast learner when it comes to certain things and one thing i distinctly distinctly remember having like to do was my mom bought these like books so that i would be good when it came to english when it came to like he like when it came to um pronouns and all that stuff and pronunciation and so like I didn't really have bedtime stories like other kids, and I'm not saying this like I hate it or anything. I actually love my mother for this. She would, instead of, you know, reading like Goldilocks and things like that, she would open a book and I would learn how to spell, how to um, pronounce things, the difference between he, she, auntie, uncle, because I would mix all the two up. I was literally out here calling my auntie's uncle and my uncle's aunties. Uh, I didn't understand the difference between niece and nephew. Um, I, I, I learned to read at a very early age and um also I had to I learned a lot of grammar I learned the difference between all the there like they are there um we are we're all like all that stuff um so that's one of the more distinct things I remember about moving from Kenya to the U.S. is like learning how the, the the things that are very important to the English here in the U.S. another thing I remember is um just feeling loved by the Kenyan community in Minnesota I would say that because I moved to a place that had a lot of other people that were similar to me, a lot of people that looked like me, I didn't feel as out of place. If I'd moved to any other place that was not as many Kenyans, I feel like it would have, oof, my experience would have been very different. So in a way, like, Minnesota 
in certain cities and places, especially closer to like Minneapolis, is literally a mini Kenya and a mini Somali, Somalia right there. Um, what's another thing? I'm moving to the U.S. from Kenya to the U.S. I remember. Um, I remember um, being made fun of because like certain like Swahili words to me like were English to me um like anguka utanguka like you'll fall down I didn't realize that um fall down was even a word like a, a phrase I like I would tell like kids my age like utangu like you will anguka and they'd be like huh so like I would use <laughs> I would use Swahili words but like in my head it was English so like so because sometimes I couldn't differentiate between the two I remember that um yeah, it was it was very interesting. So I was four, so obviously how like how I view it is very different than how my mom would have viewed it. I was young, but I remember a lot. I remember the shift. I remember the difference. Um, one of the more distinct things I remember is even on the plane, not the plane, the airport when we were coming here. That was the first time I'd ever ever seen and tasted grapes and strawberries. And I remember this this one mzungu white lady. She was sitting at a table and. Um, we were delayed we were what is it called not delayed it was also my first time in a hotel like a really nice hotel and i remember how it looked it was very pretty we were we were stuck because our plane was like delayed or whatnot so we were given a hotel for the night and i believe we were getting food or something and i met this mzungu and you know i remember like talking to my mom and i was like i don't know what this is da 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 and you know the, the the lady was like, oh, the, these are strawberries and these are grapes, and she taught me distinctly what they were, and I remember just like feeling very educated and like it was really my first as interaction I remember as a kid with a person that did not look like me, but it didn't really strike me in that moment that they didn't look like me. It was later on when um, I really landed in Minnesota and I started to see a lot more people who didn't look like me and I remember seeing that and it didn't really register in my head as a bad thing it was just like oh cool like literally that was it oh cool like it never registered in my head like that there are people who don't have the same color of skin as me so yeah that was a lot anyways second question was what inspired you to start your own podcast this is a little more deeper um one of the reoccurring things like themes in my life right now is overcoming fear and one thing is I really do want to have a career in the songwriting music business. And me starting this podcast is something I've always wanted to do. More so just having like a platform where I can educate others, educate myself, and one, have fun, but also just like one, be serious as well. So what really motivated me to start this podcast was I was like, you know what? I need to get over my fear because on the other side of fear is success. If I start learning how to be comfortable with the uncomfortable i will start being able to um make those big risky moves that i know i know i'm going to need to make in order to have the future and the success that i want to have that's what really inspired me to start my own podcast is being uncomfortable with fear becoming more comfortable with being uncomfortable um, the third question was very similar to the first question, so I guess, like, those are the same answers. Um, also, 
I I think another reason why I started it is because I am a shy person and I really wanted to get out of my shell more. And this is one of the ways I can push myself to get out of my shell. Also, I've always wanted to educate myself about different stuff. But this podcast really holds me accountable to actually looking into things and be like, Abby, okay, now you got to actually sit down and and learn about it if you're going to talk about it. And it's actually super fun, like, writing these, like, podcast um, scripts and, like, going and looking at this, looking at that, and comparing this and comparing that and following the storyline. Like, it's super fun. And it really holds me accountable to actually learning more and educating myself more. Last but not least... Um, when are we getting some songs? (laughs) This one might take a while. I know I said I'd try and drop a song this year, but it might take longer, and here's why. When it comes to music, I want to learn a lot more about, one, music theory, songwriting, and its original structure. And, um, also I want to learn more about producing and mixing and engineering music. So that I am able to put out music that I know is really, one, authentic, and two, is what I would like it to sound like. Um, And so I want to educate myself before I really start putting things out there, just to put things out there. I really want to, I want to find my niche, my sound, what works for me, what doesn't work for me, what's my songwriting style, and being able to take classes and really, um, explore more about those things will help me figure out what it is I like what I don't like um and help me be able to know what rules I'm gonna break because um nowadays and I love this nowadays songwriting doesn't really have a structure anymore I think that's so beautiful because boundaries are being broken like SZA her 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 song style like her lyric style is different it's not like your typical like intro and then there's a chorus pre-chorus not chorus oh my goodness um a stanza pre-chorus chorus stanza again chorus pre pre-chorus and chorus wait no yeah and then um an outro and hook like it's this is just sizzle you know and so i want to be able to like do that is like know what the rules are and break them in a way that'll um work for me so yeah, that that's when we'll get more music, when I'm ready and I feel like, you know what, I've learned enough for me to put out more. Anyways, I love all these questions and I for sure will do the segment again. So thanks for your questions and support, guys. Um, stay tuned for Unpopular Opinions Twitter Edition. There are so many opinions on Twitter, but for the privacy of Twitter users, I will not use their account name, but I will read their opinions. So the first one is, not every viral song, <laughs> oh goodness, not every viral song needs a remix. I gotta say I agree. Um, I understand that like labels and artists are trying to garner more streams, and rightfully so. And they're trying to make their songs last longer, rightfully so. But I feel like remixes have lost their touch. It's not fun anymore. Like, it's just... Ugh, or maybe it's just me and the way this Twitter user feels. But I feel like remixes really take this song into a new vibe and a new level. And a lot of our remixes lately are like... Oh, okay. Cute. 
that's wow okay also i feel like remixes have been um like how do i say this remixes lately have been like just features like taking the song but adding a feature like i don't know if i don't know because i know some people were like no that's not really a remix other people like yeah that's totally a remix but i mean remixes are supposed to take the song to another level they're supposed to make the song have a new meaning and i don't feel like they're doing that anymore but you know then again remixing means a different version of musical recording produced by remixing or it can mean like mixing it again i don't know remixes have lost their touch not not every viral song needs a remix but then again it's not up to me it's up to the artist and it's up to the the label and not the label the label really should be asking the artist before they make moves like that but if the artist feels like you know what my song needs a remix you know i'm here for you but at the same time let's be for real not every song needs a remix next one is megan the stallion's album traumazine was actually a well put together body of work i agree with this one I do, I don't know why she gets a lot of slander on this project, but I feel like it's because she focused on deeper subjects of conversation. Um, She opened up a lot and showed her more vulnerable side, and she spoke about feeling attacked, about missing her mother, and anxiety and having bad days while still being the hot girl and talking about self-confidence. I think that people really expected a lot more, sorry for this word, sexual um, songs on her album, and it's not that she didn't talk about that at all. I think that album was more so the title itself is trauma zine like she's been through a lot of trauma publicly and so she's really just giving her side of the story and i guess it's not what everyone wanted but the girlies and the hotties that that were you know that understood what this album was about they they you know they listened to it and they appreciate it i appreciate it so yeah, I feel like not some listeners were just not ready to hear all of that, and that's why they're slender. But in my opinion, I would say this is one of the best, this was her best body of art when it comes to storytelling, when it comes to how it was put together, and its message overall. Another unpopular opinion is NF is still underrated. Oh my goodness, I agree. I literally agree. Like, NF does not make music for clout or fame at all. He's literally just into the craft itself and the process of creating art. He is so criminally underrated. But, a, like, a great lyricist. And he shows this on, um, what's that song called? One of his latest songs is called Moto. Mod, not Moto. Motto. <laughs> Moto is... <laughs> ah. Anyways. So, in his song, Motto, um... He actually talks about, like, not doing music for the awards or the fame or anything like that. He's doing it because he genuinely loves it. Like, he just... He loves music. He's so criminally underrated. But I don't think it's something he cares about. He never even cares for the clout anyway. I just think he should get more appreciation. He should be giving his flowers. He should be listened to more, stream more. Like, stream NF, guys. Come on now. Don't sleep on him. He's He knows what he's doing. Like... Uh, I, he's one of the artists that I genuinely would love to collaborate with. Yeah. NF, you, you got a fan. Just letting you know if you ever listen to this, which probably won't, but it's whatever. Um, also, another unpopular opinion we've got here. Chicken, <laughs> chicken does not belong in soup. Okay. 
as a vegan, I shouldn't have a say in this matter. But I'm still going to say anything anyway because it's my podcast. Because why not? I disagree heavily. Because chicken in certain, underline certain, chicken in certain soups made by people who know what they are doing is allowed. And sometimes the soup with all its spices, like, it makes the chicken taste better because the chicken's marinated in all these spices and water and oil. Like, yeah. But that doesn't mean chicken has to be in soup. Like, no, chicken is great on its own. But then again, I'm vegan. And I haven't had chicken in a while. So don't listen to me, but listen to me, you know? Like, chickens... (sighs) Chicken can be in soup. It just really depends on the situation, who's making it. The spices that they're using, how it was cooked, like, yeah. I think this person wasn't saying, like, it doesn't belong in soup at all. I think they just, they, maybe there's, like, a moment or incident where they, like, had chicken in soup and they're like, uh-uh, this is absolutely criminal. Like, there's no way. I hope it was just a one-time thing to whoever tweeted that. Like, I, I really, because chicken in soup is good. Oh, my goodness. There's, like, a lot of cultures that make soup like chicken, and it's amazing. So yeah, I hope I hope I hope you get to try some real good chicken with soup. It's good. It's making me hungry now. Now I'm hungry. Anyways, the next one is not every person <laughs> not every personal win and loss is worth a social media post. I have to agree. Um, but that's because I'm a private person and I grew up in a culture where like you you know you keep things to yourself. But that doesn't mean you can't post about, you know, big things like graduating, like winning a game or something like that. Like, I'm all for that. But I feel like some people overshare. And that's a very tricky subject right now. But, like, oversharing can, like, I get people who are like, I need to be more open and honest on social media. Being more open and honest doesn't mean you have to literally let every single person on the behind the scenes. I've talked about this before. Know who to share stuff with. Know who to not share stuff with. Because not every little little thing and not every person gets to know what's going on behind the scenes. Only the people that need to know will know. Um, but then again, you know, flexing on a big win is cute. And you should be allowed to do that. I'm all for that. But oversharing, it comes with its burden and its pains. But then again, everyone has their, like, sharing limit. People have grown up in different cultures, and, you know, they view opinions differently than I do, and that's perfectly fine. But me, personally, there are certain things you just never, ever see and never, ever know. So, yeah. But then, like, spam accounts are different. Like, if you want to, like, post more on your spam, like, that's different. That's, like, exclusive or whatnot. I do post on my spam. Not a lot, a lot. Like, there's times where, like, I'll post every day for a week and then, like, go offline for, like, two months and, like, not post on there at all. But it's really just, like, funny stuff. Like, it's not really, like, the behind the scenes, behind the scenes. It's more so just, like, oh, I saw this today and it was funny. Like, oh, I hung out with this person. It was, like, fun or stuff like that. But rarely ever do I really post on social media about, like, personal things I'm going through. But for the people who do, there's certain people who do post about, like, really personal things that they're going through, and it's actually very empowering. It's very empowering to hear, and I'm not saying, like, their sadness makes me empowered. Like, no, I'm saying that the fact that they're being vulnerable and really sharing with people that, hey, I'm going through this, and I know other people are going through this, and I, this is how I've dealt with it, or, like, you know, I'm not dealing with it well, or, like, keep me in your prayers and stuff like that. Like, that's different. That is so different. But then there's people who bring their drama to social media. Like, who asked, who asked about, who asked about it? Oh, like, those people who bring, like, cryptic messages online. Like, 
a T? Huh? No. No. For me, personally, that's a no. That's So I'd have to agree. Like, not every personal win and every personal loss is worth it. But there's there's times where you can talk about it because you sharing a win or a loss can empower one person can help one person feel less alone um another unpopular opinion if they don't give you their password they're suspicious (laughs) okay i'm gonna be the devil's advocate for this one i'm gonna say i disagree uh, I disagree. I personally think that a person has to earn my trust to get my... Why Why do you want my password? You know? Why? Because you, you gotta earn my trust. Because some of these relationships where passwords are shared, like, things get, like, can get toxic and controlling. Plus, me not giving you my password doesn't... Shouldn't translate to suspicion. It, it, it really should just be, like, I'm setting boundaries. I'm asking you to respect my privacy and letting you know that you haven't earned my trust that point to get my password and probably may not learn my trust for a for a while um sometimes you're sharing your password like i know a lot of people use similar passwords or same passwords for everything and so this person could really just like they could get into everything not just your phone bro they can get into your iCloud your your personal information everything guys stop sharing your passwords and i'm not saying just like relationships like my mans or my girls are like my partner. Like, I mean like a friend. It's not, let's not even go that far. Let's go to like middle school where you have like a locker and someone wants to um, get the past, like the, the lock, the code for like your locker. Next thing you know, my gum is gone. My money is gone. My, my lip gloss I bought the other day is gone. What, so what's different about your phone? Why, why are you shaking past to your phone? You're going to find things not just gone, but information stolen. Like... You saying, hey, yo, I don't want you to know my password. If someone feels like, you know, like you're being suspicious, that's a red flag. And they could, they should respect that you've said no. A no is a no. No is an answer, guys. And you can say it and you can hear it. If someone tells you no, it can hurt, yeah. But take the no. Next is cancel mentality is a reason why some of y'all are single. You're too perfect to endure imperfect. Wow, imperfection. Oh, oh wow. I might get hate for this one, but I just want you guys to hear me out. I I kind of agree. Like, I get the whole, like, don't lower your standards, but, like, some of these standards that people set, they're not even half of those standards that they set on other people. So back to what I was saying, like, I, like, I feel like, you know, I get the whole, like, don't lower your standards, but I feel like some of these standards people set, they're not even half of those standards. I feel like we need to be a little more compassionate towards others because we are flawed, and there's no such thing as, like, a perfect person or a perfect relationship. And sometimes we may hold others to these high standards that we actually are because... Then we actually are because it's harder for us to see certain flaws that other people notice about us. Like, you can be like, no, like, I'm great at doing this, but... uh, other people around you may feel like you're actually not great at doing this, but you can't fathom seeing yourself as not as great. So then you hold yourself to this high standard and other people to the high standard. Also, I've noticed another reason why people are like super single sometimes is because if like, if your friend can cross you, if you're, no, not if can cross you, if your friend crosses you in a certain way, 
you're like more likely to like end that friendship versus a guy crossing you or a girl crossing you or a partner crossing you in that same way and you're like more forgiving towards them i feel like it's a two-way street um people are sometimes a lot more single because they endure more than they should or they or they don't give people as much chances it's literally such such a it's a sliding slope it's 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 a tricky one a very very tricky one so yeah um all right and the last opinion is boys gossip more than what (laughs) boys gossip more than girls you know what i can't agree or disagree on this one to be honest all i can say is i feel like gossip is different for boys and girls you know like we I feel like girls and boys both gossip, but, like, in different ways. I feel like dudes just talk and girls spill. But you know what I mean? Dudes just, like, talk and girls spill the tea. If you know what I mean, you know what I mean. If you don't know what I mean, I I don't know what to tell you. I I don't have an opinion on this one. That that threw me off. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's all the opinions I've got for you guys. Now, on Caught Red-Handed, we will be discussing headlining buzz and Twitter's thoughts on it. So, last weekend, the coronation took place, and the opinions, the memes, tweets, and videos have ranged from hilarious to outright literally concerning. So, let's get into it. But first, for the safety of Twitter users, I will not say their Twitter names. I will only read their tweets. So, first up, a user said, In a cost of living crisis, 250 million pounds on on crowning a bloke who's worth 1.8 billion pounds dodged inheritance tax and didn't dip his own hand in his pocket wow wow okay whoa i like i know that there's been like a living crisis everywhere but i didn't i don't know what's true and what's false but my like if he truly didn't pay for any of it um then who did the people the people that's that's the answer because the cost of living has gone up for literally everyone everyone in the world is experiencing it but some people are experiencing it a little harder than others and to be honest like the whole ceremony looked really expensive and really lavish like the clothing and the amount of people that were hired and the amount of stuff that was like um money and resources that was put into it like there was a lot put into it so like i know people are furious about the pricing of the coronation i mean i would be mad too um and what makes it not doesn't make any better is the fact that like not the whole public loves them so that also just doesn't make it better i'm I'm sure if it was like another person diana no one really care about the price but like with the 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 connotation that surrounds that whole family and the people who were crowned yeah that just mm, it doesn't make you look good sir if that's true wow anyways the next user said whether you are pro or anti-monarchy this is hugely concerning Sunak uh, backed arrested, oh, backed arrests of people for nonviolent protests who had meetings with um, the Met police in the UK beforehand and their demo approved. Now the Met regrets their arrest and has apologized. Okay, so for clarification, the Met is the Metropolitan Police in the UK 
and also the tweet was about like people who had held like a peaceful protest with various signs and like other popular signs one of the most popular like signs that i was seeing in like a lot of the pictures was like not my king and other coronation slander and like diana is the people's princess stuff like that and you know what they do have the right to do that like they're being peaceful about it um they are just letting their feelings be heard but i like from what i saw like and the videos and stuff like that there was nothing violent there wasn't like outright like kicking punching stuff like that like they were just like you know not my king i mean there's nothing there's, there's not much they can do about it might as well leave them in their signs alone i guess to be honest and you know what that reminds me there was like also a viral video of this crowd watching a game i think it was soccer i assume and they were chanting like slash like singing shove the coronation up your blank and like guys the coronation slander is crazy it's absolutely crazy like these people are going like they're not happy they're going at it and they're making it known that they do not like this whole coronation thing i think that the videos are honestly i try to not take it too seriously because to you know there's obviously people who like may not like it but they try to find the fun in it and like the hilariousness in it and the memes have been hilarious the videos hilarious you know i i'm sure like for king charles like king charles but that's crazy to say i forget that like he's gonna he's king now is does that make camilla queen is is camilla queen i don't know i don't know but anyways like i've like he's probably looked forward to this his whole life and you know what like for that like okay yay like you get to you know be in a position that you've waited for your whole life but at the same time I think a lot of people are just so over it and but but a lot of people don't realize is there's so many other kings and queens in other places i know in some other european places in some african countries too and so um you know the 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 monarchy is very much still alive in certain places but people don't really like that anymore but anyways yeah that's all i have to say anyways that's it for caught red-handed Yay, you did it. You made it to the shout out of the week. This week's shout out is none other than Trishelle. Trishelle is a young and upcoming businesswoman. Previously, she started a lip gloss company with her sister, and now Trishelle runs her own business doing hair. She's versatile in this craft. She can do butterfly locks, knotless braids, curls at the bottom of your braids, boho knotless, frontal wig, and more. Um, she's actually someone I went to school with in what, like third grade? And, okay, hear me out. We, like, weren't really friends, and we, like, I don't know if we bully each other. Something happened. And now we're, like, really cool, and, like, we've grown up a lot more. And I've, I've, it's been a joy watching um, her get way, like, just improve and get better at doing hair. She's also so stylish, like, literally so stylish. She always eats, guys. Um, check out her Instagram and her TikTok to see the results of her hard work and her dedication to her clients. I promise Trishelle does not and will not disappoint, so go support a small black business. Her socials are in the description box below. And she also, um, she has a booking website, so you can check that out. You can check out her services and all that good stuff.
That's a wrap on taking the hot seat with Abigail. I'm your host, Abigail, and stay tuned for more conversations with me.